welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook. This week's guest is Dan Elmore. Dan, how are you doing today? Good, Joe. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Thank you for taking time to come on down. Perfect. Yeah, of course. Awesome. So let's jump right into it. Dan, why real estate? Um, you know, when I was growing up, I was always interested in houses. Like Zillow, when that started becoming like more popular, I was always on Zillow like every single day, looking things up, like just looking at houses and everything. I grew up in Chicago my whole life, so there was always homes being built and torn down and everything like that. So, and I stayed in the same home until I was like 20, so it was kind of... I did the same. When I yeah. moved down here, I was like kind of ready to kind of start looking at myself and things like that. So that's why I got into real estate and, you know, I always like just like interior design and things like that and kitchens and remodeling and things like that. So that's why I got into it. And completely different architectural style up in Chicago. I've oh, never yeah. been, but from what I've seen the pictures. Yeah. I mean, the house that I grew up in was built in like 1905, like <laughs> super long time ago. Yeah. So it was just bricks construction too you know there's nothing there's no stucco or a lot of multi-family yeah kind yeah. of similar to like new york and things like that up yeah. in the northeast yeah exactly so one thing that you know i, I know that you do and we're going to kind of touch on it here in a minute but there's a couple professions that i see do really well in real estate transition from one is teachers usually just having a, a schedule being disciplined um it, it's a great segue into real estate the other's hospitality me and my wife were both in hospitality bartending serving about eight years before getting into real estate and one thing that you're were doing before real estate and still currently doing as well is hospitality. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I've been in the service industry since I was. I mean, I got my first job at like fourteen, fifteen, and it was mm -hmm. just busting tables and mm -hmm. like in the back in the dishwasher and things like that. So it was something I was always just kind of dove right into. And originally, originally I was like kind of like closed shell kind of thing like that, but it kind of brought me out and I started talking to people and now that's like what I love to do. Yeah. I love, I love to make drinks, love to make people happy, I love to like encourage people to try different things and do things. So it's more of like a, I like the connection with different people and just meeting people from different aspects of life and things like that. And you know, you, I'm at a bar, so I'm obviously meeting people that are two different walks of life yeah. Yeah. completely. So. It's fun. I have a good time with it. I have a ton of regulars and things like that that come up to my bar and you know know my name and know my entire life story. Yeah. I know their life story. You know, know their drink or grandkids. You're yeah. making the drink as they're walking in the door. Yeah, bringing in their food already. Yeah. Like everything's good. They're set up. So that's what I really enjoy about it. Yeah, and I, similar. So back when I started working, they allowed you to work younger. I mean, it was part time, probably similar to anywhere. I don't even know, 14, 15 now. But I started dishwashing at 12. I think it was in seventh or eighth grade, and then moved up to busboy. Then worked on my communication skills, got up to server, and then that's what I think really helped me, you know, be find success in real estate because I was never afraid to talk to people. Because in hospitality, you're kind of troubleshooting, critical thinking, and you know, talking to people all day long. It sounds like similar to what you kind of went through, where you started back of the house and then moved to the front of the house as you got a little older. Yeah, and like when it comes to bartending and just service industry in general, I'm also dealing with people that are like. Some people are going to be more difficult than others. Some people are going to be super easy and some people are going to give you a run for your money and things like that. But that's where it is fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, obviously when it comes to real estate, like people are like, hey, this, which way does the sunset over yeah. here? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, valid point. You know, I never thought about that. You know, like I get it. You want to enjoy your morning cup of coffee and you want to see the sunrise or you want to be in your backyard and you want to see the sunset. Like I get it. Like something that people don't always take into consideration when they're buying houses, things like that. So the first time I got that question, I was like, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> Let me look at my directions really quick and figure out where the sun's coming up and whether you're going to be able to see it. And, you know, you want to stick around for another half hour and watch the sunset? Like, I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> do whatever. So 
same thing kind of entails the service industry and just, you know, some people like a little more sweet vermouth than their Manhattans and some people don't. And like a little drier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you bring an accomplice with you at all your showings now? Yeah, I got to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. So what are some of the skills that you think from the hospitality industry, you know, besides the, you know, logical comes to mind communication skills that you think helped you find greater success transitioning into real estate? Ooh, all right, let's see. I mean, when it comes to, like, transitioning and things like that, I mean, the people aspect just kind of comes with it, but also, like, the attention to detail on certain things, you know, like, being, like, a bartender, like, I'm very, like, strict on how I salt the rim and how, you know, I so place the, the drink and the process and things like that, but it also comes to, like, when I go into a house and I'm looking at things that people aren't, you know, normally looking at, like... I mean, I know it's like petty, but like, oh, the baseboard is not caulked on the bottom. Mm -hmm. How long has it been like that? You know, they're like looking under cabinets, seeing if there's any water damage, like things that people don't normally see. Have like, like very, very almost like a cloudy uh, martini glass. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like very particular in how things are, and you know how clean things are, and what the bathroom looks like, and what kind of waterproofing, like things that people don't normally think of, but like what kind of waterproofing mm -hmm. was done behind it, because like I've seen nightmares like that, so. And that's not a small expense for a buyer to take after. Right. Should, like, you know, water is found behind, you know, the tile in the shower and things like that. I'm very, like, those are, like, big areas in the house that, like, you know, it's $20,000, $30,000 deal yeah. for someone to have to deal with. And, like, especially, like, I like to deal, because of my age, I like to work with a lot of new buyers just because I can relate to them mm -hmm. a lot more and things like that. Um, so I know that's something that they're not going to be able to necessarily afford after they just bought this house yeah. and like having to do a bathroom remodel is not a cheap cost. So I like to like really attention to detail and kind of teach people and kind of guide them in that way and like how to look for things and, you know, look for big ticket items that you're like, Ooh, mm. getting off this house. Kind yeah. Of so attention to detail and what I'm here too is it kind of allows you to manage the experience, right? Like whether it's dining what's going to be for that night from the time they sit down to the time they leave same thing with buying you're kind of managing the experience the expectations and then keep an eye on detail and i think one thing that i learned from you know the hospitality that helped me is i, I don't want to say multitask but just being very busy and handling handling a million different things especially you know bartending you're doing like a thousand things at once but serving you typically have four tables one might need a drink order the other one's on desserts One's just getting seated, the other one's ready for entrees and taking the order, whatever it might be. And it's like, all right, they're all at different phases. How do you manage that? And I think that helped me transition to the real estate, just learning that and just being very fast-paced. Yeah. Because one thing with outside is very fast-paced, so you get into real estate, it's fast-paced as well, where people I've seen that come from a desk job, per se, tend to struggle with how quick and rapid pace it's going. Yeah, yeah, and especially, like, I mean... I mean, the past, like, couple of years, obviously, before interest rates started rising, like, when I first got into it, it was, like... Luckily, that did prepare me, that yeah. speed, because, like, there was no time to waste at all. Like, you're either seeing the houses, sight unseen, like, whatever you're doing, like, they're going right faster than you can even get into them. So, it's like, you had to be prepared at that moment, and that definitely helped me, like, pushing out, like, if I'm, like, running a well on, like, a busy Saturday night, I'm making 2,000 drinks for the restaurant with, right. that's filled with 500 people continuously for eight hours. Like, I'm sitting there, so that definitely that's transitioned up. to being like really fast at getting after things and getting on the phone and talking to people and be like, you know, this is urgent. Yeah, yeah. And then being efficient too. And then, you know, 
I think prioritizing what you need to do, right? Yeah. You know, if something needs to be done, all right, I might need to stock the well, run a low on ice, but I got to get a couple drain quarters on the high down. Right. Let me do that, run. If you don't have a bar back, get the ice. And then just kind of keep the process going. Yeah. So getting into real estate probably had this grandiose vision of like what it was going to be like, you know, what it was going to entail. But then you kind of got, get into real estate, you got licensed, you started practicing real estate. I always like to ask the question, what's the one thing that maybe you took for granted or didn't expect when you got into real estate? Ah, uh, let's see. Um, honestly, like writing a contract is one thing, but it's like super easy. You can write, I can write a contract in, you know, 40 seconds, 45 mm -hmm. seconds. If I got all the information, I can write, you know, a standard Florida as is contract in 45 seconds. But the thing that kind of threw me for the loop was, and things that they don't teach you, obviously, when you're taking, when you're studying or doing anything like that, is like the process in between mm -hmm. and things like that. That was definitely like, Okay, like the second I kind of got into it, I was like, all right, I need to learn everything that's on an inspection. I need to learn everything that's on this. I need to know what to look for because I'm no use if I can't help you through the next 30 days and mm -hmm. things like that. So that was definitely something that I was like, all right, well, that first deal went good. Like, they love me. I work with them. I still talk to them to this day, but every client after this, I need to be on top of it. I need to know everything about this house. I need to know when it was built. I need to know every nook and cranny of this place and of the inspection report and what to ask for and what to look for and things like that. So that was definitely. So what it sounds like is the information, right? How much information you're gonna need per transaction, it sounds like it's kinda something you weren't expecting. You know, right. like, like you said, the, the contract, you got another contract, the verbiage in and out, but a lot of it's fill in the blanks. So, you know, you can go through it pretty quickly, but once you get it executed, it's, you know, reading the seller disclosures, finding out when the roof was updated, AC, things of that nature, and just really, being able to advise your client on all aspects of the house yep. prior to contract, and then obviously once they're under and you're kind of overseeing that transaction. Yeah. Uh, next question would be like, you know, one thing right now, you know, in, in the market, obviously you got in kind of a little post-COVID, completely different market than it is now, although it's still very active market, you know, interest rates are a little high, shortage of inventory. What's one thing you're doing right now personally to ensure that you have greater success in today's market? Honestly, one of the best things I've been doing lately is I've been trying to keep like tabs of my past clients and things that have purchased from me in the past. And you know, I was up in Hudson last week scalping with one of my clients last week, and, oh, that's awesome. and I was drinking beers with a neighbor, and he's talking about selling the house and like you know just getting out. I'm talking to these people. I'm going to visit my clients that bought five acres this week, and they totally remodeled their house. So like, I'm just keeping tabs of them, and rather awesome, than just man. calling them, like I'm like, hey let's get together. Like, I'd love to see the house. I'd love to see what you've done. And they invite me over and we have a good day of it. And that's one big thing that I'm... So the personal connection. I'm the personal connection, sticking with those people after. I had a guy, you know, call me the other day and he was like, hey, I bought a house. Like, he climbed from maybe six months ago. He's like, hey, do you know where the main water shutoff is in this house? And I'm like, to be honest, I can't answer that right now, but what are you doing? Are you home? I can swing by right now. Like, I'll help you. I'll try to find it out for you. Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I'm just you know, being there for them even six months after to for a simple like main water yeah. shut off valve. Like I just want to be there, you know, so they know that hey, I'm the guy that's gonna be there yeah. when you're calling me. Absolutely. It's gotta be top of mind and you know, the more frequent they see you and the more value you provide, then obviously the better chance you have not only getting them as a repeat customer, but obviously getting referrals from them as well from friends yeah. and family. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So I know, Dan, you you got a pretty hectic life right now. Newborn, what, three months, four months? Two months. Two months? Yeah, two months. Know. Yeah. So overshooting that a bit. And then, um, 
you know, full time and bartending as well, doing real estate. So I know kind of you probably don't have a dull moment in your schedule. So a lot of people say, hey, I don't have time to fit it in. Maybe they need to talk to you because you're finding a way to get it done. What's some things, some tips or tricks you could share on how you're creating a work-life balance where, you know, you're there for wife or girlfriend? Girlfriend. Okay, you're there for your girlfriend, there for to be a father for your child, there to be a realtor, and then also bartending to make ends meet until you really get the real estate career where you want it to be. Yeah, so one of the biggest things, I mean, I pretty much only work nights in real in uh, bartending, so I'm there at, like, you know, 4 o'clock to midnight or whatever, so... I block out the time during the day to, you know, talk to clients and do whatever I need to. And usually, like, I wake up pretty early, like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., something, somewhere right on there. I'm not, like, on a strict schedule for mm-hmm. it, but I'm up pretty early every day. And I, like, immediately open my iPad or, you know, computer, and I start getting into it and start using my CRM and kind of seeing where people are at. I block out time during the week for showings and things like that. But one of the biggest things is, you know, I work now, I mean... The year before, you know, when interest rates were low and, you know, you kind of had to be there, I had more flexibility in my schedule, but I keep it kind of tight now. And, you know, with my clients, I'm like, hey, I have prior obligation. Can't make it there tomorrow. If you need to go see it tomorrow, I can get someone to cover for me. They can, you know, open the door for you. Um, But most of the time, they're flexible and, you know, I create a good relationship with them. So they Mm -hmm. trust me and I'm like, hey, we we can get out there tomorrow at 9 a.m. Is that all right with you? Mm -hmm. And usually they're like, yeah, that's totally fine. So it's mainly just working with your clients and, you know, friends and things like that that are just create a good relationship with them where they trust you and, you know, I can kind of work my real estate schedule around my other schedule and, you know, be there and, you know, have my kid during the day and then my girlfriend comes home and she takes him or, you know, I I kind of do it. We don't have a babysitter, so somehow we make it work. So, you know, she comes home. I have the baby, she takes him, and I go out immediately after that, but I have a pretty good kind of schedule just blocking out and working with my clients to kind of work around my schedule. And You know, it's all about creating that. You want them to know who you are, too. So yeah. I tell them, hey, I do have a two-month-old son, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be available, like, all the time, but text me, call me, whatever you need to do. I'm still going to answer the phone, Yeah. but I'm not going to be able to, you know, show you six houses tonight, but we can do three tonight, three tomorrow, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Usually they're pretty good with that. If they're not in any big rush, they're totally fine. If not, I'll find coverage for it. I'll do what I gotta do to get the deal done. And I think too, by setting that expectation too, they're probably respecting you a little bit more as a professional, where they're not trying to sometimes, you'll have a buyer or seller steer that conversation, kind of take control and always, doesn't make the best experience for them, not only you, know, you as the realtor, but when they start kind of calling the shots and they kind of want to do things outside of the norm of the business and it's like you know we you tend to not have the best results when they're trying to go rogue and do their own thing right and it's like you're running your own business over yeah. here so you gotta like you know if, if you can't you can't you know give the shirt off your back every single deal kind of thing like that with someone that wants to you know look at something so you also have to be realistic and be like you know i'm i'm beat i'm exhausted yeah. i need a couple hours tonight to myself and to hang out and not look at any paperwork or anything like that if it's not necessary. So mm-hmm. it's just all about working your schedule. Yeah, and having a proper expectation, not only it sounds like for your business, but for your life in general. Yeah, and I want to be able to give my clients 100%. So if I'm beat because I was up all night with my son or something like that, like I'm going to be honest with them. Hey, I had a really rough night with my son last night. I was up the whole night. I'm happy to help you today, but not 100%. I'd love to be able to give you 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the last question I have for you is like, 
you know, obviously with you, you got a lot of your plate, you're making it work, um, very driven and, and seem to be, you know, between you and your girlfriend's schedule, very efficient with your time. Um, you know, a lot of agents out there, they're probably maybe struggling in production, maybe some had experience, you know, success in the past, uh, maybe they're struggling in today's market, or maybe they're newly licensed and are thinking about a career in real estate. What would be, if you were to give one tip of advice or kind of give like, hey, before you get started, here's something to think about, what would be that nugget of information you'd give? Definitely talk with someone in the industry that's been in the industry, you know, someone that's been there for a while, things like that. Um, they'll give you a good insight. I mean, I've, I've been blessed just to work at a bar for the past couple of years yeah. that I kind of do, I get agents in all the time. And, you know, even, even now, I mean, we're not competitive with each other like that, but we are like, kind of like push each other in the right direction. I had a guy that I actually worked to deal with last year. He came into my bar the other night. was like, Oh, how was your, how's your year been? And we kind of just talked for like a good half hour. Like he was like, I had a really rough year to get started, but I, you know, last month was the best year I've had in 15 years. That was awesome. And so it was just kind of like, he definitely helped me. That was my second deal I ever done. Mm -hmm. And he definitely kind of helped me through with it. He kind of knew I was new, but you know, he helped me. And then, yeah. you know, a year later he's following back up with me, like coming into my bar and just seeing how I'm doing and things like that. So awesome. that was definitely very helpful. It's just getting someone that's been in the industry for a while and it'll give you pointers and tips and, you know, how to, you know, work your surrounding, like who you surround yourself with and how to work, you know, past mm -hmm. clients and things like that. And it's just, working that aspect of it you know everything you can learn but it's you need to know how to work the people around you mm -hmm. and how to like let them know I was kind of hesitant to always tell people that I did real estate on the side but now it's like becoming more of a organic conversation type more of an organic conversation so I can kind of talk to people and you know talk help them out see where they're at where they want to live kind of things like that so Awesome, awesome. Well, Dan, you've been a wealth of knowledge. You know, we appreciate you coming on down. Uh, for anybody in the, you know, greater Tampa area, you know, as far as south as like Bradenton, as far north as, you know, Hernando, Brooksville, something like that, and all Hillsborough, Pasco, and Pinellas, what's the best contact information for somebody to get a hold of you? Why don't you give us the best email and, and your cell phone number for them to call or text on, and we'll make sure to share this on all the social as well. Yeah, so my best sell would be uh, my direct number, which is going to be 630-433-1614. And then my email is daniel at 54realty.com. All right. So there you go. There's the information if you need to get all Dan, uh, whether it's purchasing or selling in the Tampa Bay area, you now know how to reach them. We greatly appreciate you taking the time, Dan, through your busy schedule to come on down. Yeah, thanks for having me. For this week's episode, and we greatly appreciate all of you for tuning in to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook.